We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. One. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 16, verses 7 through 15, and it says this in the NIV version. But very truly I tell you, anytime you see those words there, truly I tell you, I tell you the truth, you need to really listen. It is for your good that I am going away. What? That doesn't make sense, does it? Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, you need to listen to this because we are dealing with this in our society today. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin, about righteousness, and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world, say it, now stands condemned. When Jesus was speaking it, he was already standing condemned. Here's what he says, I have so much more to say to you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Did you get that? Yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. I want us to understand the protocol of heaven. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Trinity. We are Trinitarian in our belief. They, the three, created man in their image. Let us create man in our image. God the Father is in heaven. He's always been in heaven. He will always be in heaven. But he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to earth. So Jesus comes to earth and he says, I only speak what the Father tells me to say. And then he tells his disciples this, I gotta go. But when I go, it's gonna be better. What? How? I mean, if you're a disciple walking with Jesus every day for the last three years, how can it get better than this? I mean, you are seeing people healed. You are seeing thousands fed. You you are seeing the dead raised to life. How can it be better if you're leaving? But Jesus says it's getting better. It's gonna get better. I'm gonna leave and then I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. You see, for three years, the reason why Jesus came, he brought the kingdom of God to earth. He showed them in three years when you are filled with the same spirit that I am filled with, you will not watch me do these things. You will do these things. So that's how it's gonna get better. For three years, Jesus lived with them. But Jesus says, when I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit and he will live in you. 
And the things you see me do, now you will do. It's going to get better. I'm only one person. There's 12 of you. No, there's 120 of you in the upper room. Oh, wait, there's 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. How many of you know that 3,000 can be in more places than one? Jesus says it's going to get better. And I got to tell you, church, it's getting better and better and better. Now, the world has views about sin. How many know the world's view of sin is wrong? Come on. Come on. The world's view of judgment is wrong because they've got the church judging them and they're judging the church. They've got their righteousness all messed up, what it means to be righteous. Jesus said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. He will even tell you what is yet to come. Today, we need to understand that he, the Holy Spirit, is living within us. He wants to demonstrate the same things that Jesus did in us through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It won't be us. It'll be God through the anointing. God speaking to Jesus. Jesus speaking to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaking to us. That's how this works. When we go into God's presence, we go into his throne room. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Father whispers to Jesus. Jesus whispers to the Holy Spirit. He whispers it to us. He will guide us into all truth. He is the spirit of truth. We are the anointed people of God. And we have the power, that dynamic, dynamite endowment of power from God sent to live within us. I don't believe we understand this all the time. We are anointed, and because of that anointing, we have authority. Jesus came to show the kingdom of God on earth, and the way God works is this way. He speaks. He speaks. God spoke, and there was light. God spoke, and the days of creation happened. When Jesus came, he spoke. Things happened. God wants us to be filled with his Holy Spirit so that when we speak, we speak with the same authority that Jesus had. Come on now. I want you to get this because it's gonna change the way you live. It'll change the way you speak. It'll change the way you talk, conceive every part of your life. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Now, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is the very intellect of God. It's going it's to mess with you for a long time because it's still messing with me all my life. The Holy Spirit is the person of the intellect of God. He knows the mind of God. He knows the mind of God and he wants to share God's mind with us especially when it pertains to our lives and the lives of our family and our friends. He is ready and available to tell us what we need to know to live this life victoriously, to avoid the pitfalls that the enemy has set up for us, the traps, the way he wants to trap our foot and ensnare us in sin. The Holy Spirit will guide us through all those different kinds of, uh, those landmines that we call them in life. He'll guide you through there and you won't get hurt. Why? Because he tells you, he whispers in you, do this, don't do this, listen to this, don't listen to that, speak this, don't speak that. He gives you a mind that is beyond our own intellect because he is the intellect of God. 
And we begin to say things and live things and things begin to happen differently. Why? Because we're anointed people of God. We're the children of God. We're the church. The church. I think we need to stop asking mom and dad and grandpa and grandma and everybody else about your life. Why don't you start asking the Holy Spirit about your life? I mean, seriously. We go ask people who have limited knowledge when we have access to the Holy Spirit who knows the mind of God and yet we don't ask. The Bible says if you lack wisdom, ask the Father. And if you ask without doubting, He will give to all men, how? Liberally. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times He has guided me in my life. He has been my advocate. We should be asking Him all these questions instead of asking friends and family, like who should I be in relationship with? How many know that sometimes people will corrupt you if you're in the wrong relationships? You've got to be careful. Bad company corrupts good character. We've got to be careful. Who should I date? Well, Pastor, you pray about who you date? Absolutely. Because your next date could be your next mate. You've got to be careful. You better pray about that. That's the person you're going to be with for the rest of your life. Who should I marry? You better step it up if you're getting married. What job should I prepare for? You see, pastors don't come to this church just because they want to change a venue. At least I don't. The only reason Sandy and I moved to Ponca City, Oklahoma is because God told us to. It's the only reason. No other reason. I uh, had somebody ask me, said, what kind of commitment did you make to the church? I said, I made this commitment. The board can tell you if you ask them. Because they asked me, uh, what kind of commitment are you willing to make? I said, here's the commitment I'll make. I'll be here as long as God tells me to be here. The moment he tells me to leave, I'll leave. Because that's the way it works. God is in charge. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to show you some truth today. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. Just as a body, though one, has many parts... But all its many parts from form one body. So it is with Christ. When you see Christ in the New Testament, it means the anointed one. So Christ is the anointed one. And he is a symbol of the church. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free... We were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, you ever know somebody that was the foot? <laughs> if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not want to belong to the body. It would not be for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It would not for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the body were an eye, what if the whole body was just an eye? Couldn't go anywhere, could we? Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed. I'm going to read that really loud because that's the only way Pentecostal preachers say stuff. For this reason, what? God has placed. Who places the parts? God has placed 
the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division. So that there should be no division. So that there should be no division in the body. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of the anointed one. And each one of you is a part of it. It said it in there twice. God has placed, God has put this body together. We are the body of Christ. Wow. The enemy has so distorted the church and the mindset of the church. You see, we think we are here because, well, I chose to go to PCA church. No, you did not. God, say it, has placed you here. God has put this body together. There should be no division. And every one of us assembled together make one body, drinking from one spirit so that we are in unity with one another. You know what we have today? Our society has changed the concept of the church. Because we now think that we can get up on Sunday mornings and we can get to decide where we go to church at. It's like going to restaurants. Well, honey, where do you want to go to church at today? I've got pastors in the Metroplexes that if they don't have a big name speaker or a big name group coming to the church, all the people in the church go to another church that that weekend has the best speaker and the best singers in church. Yeah. We are in a society today to where we'll go to this church, that church, this church. Let's just get a smorgasbord and maybe between them all we'll get it right somehow. I was pastoring in Texas and I had a lady in my church. I thought she went to my church. I saw her there quite often. She had a car wreck and I went up to the emergency room and there were five other pastors there. Five of the pastors. I was number six. We had a Catholic priest there. Presbyterian, Lutheran, Episcopal, Baptist, Methodist, Assembly of God. Seven. Seven. And we're all, I, we're all looking at each other in the ER because she's in there, you know, and we're like, I thought she went to my church. No, she's a member of my church. No, she's a member of my church. No, she's a member of all of our churches. So when she got to where we could talk to her, I don't know if the others did or not, but I went in and I said, what church do you belong to? And she sheepishly dipped her head. She said, Pastor, I was just trying to cover all my bases. 
Gospel truth. I'm not telling you anything. Gospel truth. Listen, church is not a place to where we get to go. I want to choose where I go to church. No. No. God looks at your life. He has his mind, his intellect, his wisdom. And you need to pray about what church you're a part of. And say, God, where are you placing me at? Where are you putting me? Because we are to be a tree planted by the water and not jumping around to whatever church makes you feel the best at whatever time your life is in. Don't shout me down. I'm just telling you truth. We got people today go, oh, they're having this over here. I'm gonna go over here. Woo! Oh, wait, this is happening. I'm going over here. Woo! Well, our church has not had the woo-woos lately, so I'm gonna go somewhere else. Yeah. That is so unbiblical. No wonder the churches are, are weak and anemic today because God says, I want to place you here and then all of a sudden you're over there. God says, I want to put you here with this body because you are an eye and this body needs an eye. So when that part of the body's gone, guess what? That church cannot see very well. When this is a hand and the hand's not there, guess what? We can't do outreach. Because we're limited, because God placed you in that church and you decided today, I'm gonna leave and go somewhere else. God didn't say that, you said that. Come on, I'm telling, I'm just reading what I'm reading here. God has placed, God puts this thing together so that in the communities where every church is, that church is powerful, every part of that body is joined together, every ligament, every sinew, every muscle, every bone, and every part of that body gets anointed with the Holy Spirit, and it begins to move and live and reach and touch and see and hear and taste and smell and begins to reach out and do things. Why? Because God has put this thing together. It is not about man putting it together. It is not about what color the building is or what kind of seats there are. It's about God, where are you placing me at? What are you putting me together with? Yeah. What are you doing? The body. People are looking today and going, I, I just, uh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not getting fed. Boy, pastors love that one. If you don't get fed, it's your fault. I've given you so much to eat on already. Holy Spirit's the, the intellect of God. Think about that one for the next hundred years. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will tell you things that are yet to come. I tell you what, he has revealed things in my life. Our senses will give, our senses will give us information about our life, but the Holy Spirit will give us revelation in our life. I don't want information. I want revelation. I want to know what I need to do so I don't get in trouble. I want to know where I need to walk, what I need to say, who I need to hang out with so that my life is in the will of God. If we're not changing our culture, we are being conformed to our culture. Talked about that last week, the difference between conforming and transforming. We are the church, the anointed body of Christ and we are to be doing what he exampled to us in those three years. You see, the disciples thought, we just get to hang out with Jesus for a while. No, no, no. He was showing them, this is what it looks like when you live a spirit-filled life. Right. Now, I'm going to anoint you on the day of Pentecost, 
and then you will live like I am living. Wasn't that awesome? The day of Pentecost happens, Simon Peter, who can't even admit to a damsel that he is a disciple, and now he stands up in the middle of thousands and starts proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? He's anointed. Yeah, they're walking into the, the, the temple and we don't have anything, but look at us, baby. Look at me. I got something you need. Revelation. Yeah. He didn't have to stop and go, well, uh, what would Jesus do? No, I know what he would do. He would heal him. And now he has that same power in me. Jesus said the same power, the same spirit that raises me from the dead, it dwells in you. The same spirit. So that we begin to live empowered lives. We begin to live above the way the world thinks. We don't think like they do. We're in contrary mode to the world. The world is wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Their ideologies are wrong. And I tell you what, if, we, if we're not careful in the church, we'll start absorbing all their ideologies and we'll go, well, you know what? We don't want to judge anybody. No, it's not about judgment. It's about sin. God says it straight up. Love everybody. Love them, love them, love them. But hate sin. And we're beginning to love sin. We're beginning to coddle it and hold on to it. And, and there's no convictions we need convictions. God has placed us together. I believe with all my heart that there are a lot of people who are not receiving the full blessings of God in their life because they are not where God placed them to be. They've decided on their own, I don't want to be a part of this body, I want to be a part of another body and God will not bless, no matter how that works. We are all part of one body, the body of Christ. And all parts are honored. All parts are vital to the body. The most important parts of the body are the ones you cannot see. We spend a lot of time on our hair. We spend a lot of time on our faces. We spend a lot of time dressing. We spend a lot of time working out. <clears throat> Gotta get those abs. We spend a lot of time on all the parts that can be seen. But how many of you know you can live without hair? Some of you are doing it right now. You can live without hair. <laughs> you can live without a finger or a hand or a leg. You can't live without a heart. See, we're worried about all the parts that we can see. We need to be worried about the parts that you cannot see. How's my heart? How's my lungs? How's my liver? How's my kidneys? Because some of these things are things you cannot live without. You may look good, but you're laying flat. <laughs> and they're, they're talking about the way you lived your life. He was pretty. She was pretty. But they're dead. Because they didn't take care of their heart. They didn't take care of their lungs. They, they didn't take care of their A1Cs. All the things you cannot see going on in your body right now. You're not even telling your eyes to blink and they're blinking. How I many you know that's important? The most important parts of our body are the parts that cannot be seen. So if we are the body of Christ, what are the most important parts of the church? The parts that cannot be seen. See, everybody thinks, well, the pastor's pretty important. No. I'm the presentable part. Everybody looks at me. Not important. 
You can have a church without a pastor. You'll still live. God will anoint somebody to get them to speak, maybe a different person every week. But you cannot live without the people who are not seen. And we have so many parts of this body that do so much every Sunday, every Wednesday, every week, and nobody ever sees them do anything. And we cannot live without those people. We cannot live without those parts. And then comes the problem with, well, if God's placed me over here to be the little toe, well, I want to be the eyes. Hey, if God's giving you a gift, thrive wherever that gift is. For years, Sandy and I had the gift of cleaning toilets in the church. That was our gift. And guess what? People on Sunday morning appreciated that. Had the gift of mowing the yard. We didn't do anything else in the church. We cleaned the toilets and mowed the yard. Then all of a sudden, the pastor of the church came to us and goes, I think you would love to teach the two-year-olds. That pastor is now the superintendent of the North Texas District, Pastor Galen Clotch. He came to me and said, he goes, I think you guys need to teach the two-year-olds. And guess who's in the two-year-old class? The pastor's son. <laughs> they couldn't get anybody in the church to teach the two-year-old class. So he had to come with a word from God. <laughs> God has said. So we started teaching the two-year-olds. We had a blast. All of a sudden, we went from two two-year-olds. I don't know what happened. We started having 10 to 12 two-year-olds. Then 20. We're like, what? Then all of a sudden, somebody else felt the calling to do the two-year-olds. So okay, they, we'll let you teach. We just moved out of the way. What are you going to do now? I don't know. Then the pastor comes. Let me tell you the, di- the craziness of this. So we go from teaching two-year-olds to being over the married couples ministry. How can you have that same gift? Two-year-olds, married couples. In in a week's time, we went from two-year-olds to married couples. So we started doing married couples. And the thing kind of exploded. Grew and grew and grew. You see, you can't come in here and decide what part you are. You have to come in and say, God, place me where you want me to be in the body. And if you are that little toe, guess what? You cannot have balance without your little toe. You will stagger and stumble without that little puppy. Every part is vital, especially the parts you cannot see. Especially the parts that, of the people who work in the cafes on Sunday morning. Work in the kitchen preparing you a wonderful gourmet meal for breakfast. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It doesn't just magically happen. The people who come in and get everything ready for you and clean everything and the people who are at the front doors and the people that are here and there, all the people, the parking lot attendants, all the people that are part of our church. We've got people who run sound and audio visual and lights and all these things. And we've got people that they're, they're never seen. How do you know that's their importance, the value? If they're not there, see what happens. We cannot tell God where we're going to be placed and we cannot tell God what part I'm going to do. I've had people through the years do that. You've seen it if you've been around church long enough. Yeah. We have a gift to say, I come into the church and I surrender God. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Clean toilets? Absolutely. I am there. These will be the cleanest toilets in the county. 
Because everything we do, we do as unto the Lord. Mow the yard, I had those stripes. Vacuum the carpet, had the little V thing going. Better believe it, man. That was the best looking carpet in the church because I made that V pattern in the carpet, yeah. Every, every little envelope was perfectly straight. Everything was set up. Why? Because that's my job. And I'm doing it as unto the Lord. I'm doing it as unto the Lord. Because that's where God has placed me. So we get all caught up with how the outward looks. God's all caught up about how the inward works. There should be no division. If we are drinking from the same spirit, how can there be division? If we're all in the same body, how can there be division? You see, if all of a sudden my hand does this, well, something's out of control. I got issues. That's what happens sometimes in the church. You kind of, church kind of going along and all of a sudden, what, what? That came from nowhere. I wasn't expecting that. Why? Because sometimes people think they got a greater revelation than everybody else in the church. And they've got to convince everybody that they're right. So what do they do? Well, in the old days, they got on the phone talking. But they're not gossiping. They're just having prayer requests. So much division from prayer requests, I can't tell you how much. Then now today we, we start Instagramming and texting people. H how do you feel about the service on Sunday? You know, what do you think? Uh, do you think the pastor's preaching what God really wants to say to the church and all these kind of things? And I tell you what, when somebody does that, you need to go, you need to just hush. You're causing division. You need to stop it. You need to get in unity with the leadership of the church, get with the pastor of the board, get with everybody else because you know why? God does protocol. God the Father talks to Jesus. Jesus talks to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit talks to us. God is the head of this church. Christ, pastor, board, congregation. If you've got a real problem, don't tell everybody else. Go to the head hog. Come talk to the pastor. We'll, we'll talk it out. We'll pray it out. We'll get together. We'll be in unity. Guess who's the last person everybody talks to? The pastor. How do people come to me? Pastor, you know about this? Hadn't heard a word about it. You know about this? Didn't know anything about it. Did you know this was going on? Didn't have a clue. Then you may say, well, why didn't you have a revelation from the Holy Spirit on that? <laughs> I know how people think. And I'll go, well, I was kind of talking with the Holy Spirit, but I was up at the hospital praying with people while they were doing this. I was studying, I was preparing for my sermon. I, I've been praying with this family over here all week. I've been kind of caught up. Why? Because when one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. So when somebody here is going through a problem, we don't go, well, I guess they must have sin in their life. No, no, we go to them and go, I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm hurting with you. I want us to get through this together because God has placed us together as one body. And then when one part gets honored, we all rejoice. Ugh. We all rejoice. So-and-so got a race. Oh, why they get another race? They just got one six months ago. Why can't I ever get a raise? She lost 75 pounds. Ah, I hate her. 
How did she do it? I'm doing this, 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 and she just, all she does is cut out potato chips and loses 75 pounds. Come on. We don't rejoice. We got to learn how to rejoice when somebody else gets a blessing. Don't be hating on them. Boy, church people can hate on you in a minute. You got a brand new car, it's got paper tags on it. They walk by, whose car is that? So is it. How can they afford that? They must not be paying their tithes like I am. No, maybe they're paying their tithes and giving above and beyond and God just goes, boop, blessing. Because they're placed where God placed them and they're doing their part in the body of Christ. Don't be hating. We got too much hate going on in the church today. We got to be one. One body, one mind. They were all together in one place and in one mind. No divisions. God pours out his spirit where there are no divisions. Where there is unity, there is peace, there is joy. And we rejoice with each other. We hurt with each other. We are one. One. We don't sit around and judge each other. No, we help each other. Because you know what? If I help another part of the body, it ultimately will help me. Because I'm part of this body. And if with my mouth I hurt another part of the body, in the long run it's going to hurt me. Because I'm part of the body. I cannot slam a hammer onto this thumb without the rest of my body hurting. Every part hurts together. Yeah, and every part rejoices together. They're getting married, whoo, hallelujah. They're having a baby, whoo, hallelujah. They got raises, they got a new house, new car, whatever. Praise God. Thank God he's blessing them. They're having these things, wonderful things happen. Wonderful, praise God, hallelujah. We, we don't hate. That's of the world. The world does enough hating on people. The church ought to be about building each other up. We gotta go through hard times together. We pray together. We fast together. We feel each other's pain together. I tell people all the time, if you didn't see me or talk to me this week, you had a good week. Because guess what? This week I've been praying with people who have cancer. Got a young man right now in the hospital in Dallas and, and the doctors are now having to reform another way to treat because things just keep popping up that are bad, bad, bad. I was Thursday morning in the hospital with another young lady having surgery that day. So if you didn't see me, you didn't have surgery this week. Thank God, hallelujah. If you didn't see me, you didn't have a problem in your family this week. Hallelujah. I met with two families this week having problems. We need to hurt together, rejoice together. So if you don't see me, say praise God. Hallelujah. I didn't see pastor all week. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm serious. I show up where the problems get fixed. I show up where there's lots of chaos and crisis and a lot of crying and a lot of weeping. If you don't see me, your life's going good. We are all in this together. God has placed. I want you to get that in your spirit today. God put you here. You didn't haphazardly just one day walk in the building and decide I'm going to stick around. No, you were drawn by the Holy Spirit. And God placed you here. And every part is vital. 
every part has a function. And if you're not doing anything in the body of Christ, you need to start praying, God, what is my part? Because every part needs to be working. Right? I'm not, I knew today was not going to be a shout hallelujah sermon. Because I'm speaking truth that gets right up into our thinking. It gets right up into our mentality of what a church is. A church is not just a place where we all just, hey, it's a pretty cool place. It's wonderful if it's cool. But if it's not cool, that's where God's placed you. It's a place where, hey, we, we've got these two little girls in our church. They're awesome, Mamiya and Anna. And they, every time they come around the curve, the grandparents told me, every time they come around the curve, they see the church, they go, eat, eat. Because <laughs> at their age, the concept of the church is where you eat. Wouldn't it be great if every adult coming in going, eat, eat. I'm hungry for God today. I'm thirsty for God. And they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Hallelujah. I don't want to leave church with an empty belly. I want to leave church with a river flowing out of my innermost being so that when I get around people this week, they go, what happened at church? Oh, you should have been there, man. The body was working in full motion and God filled that place with his power and God filled that place with his presence. And we saw people change, transformed from death to life, transformed in their thinking, transformed in the way they live out everyday life. You see, Jesus wanted to go from being with them to the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. It's going to get better. Hallelujah. And we're living in the better. Isn't it wonderful that you can, anytime you want to, go into the presence of God yourself? You're a priest. Hallelujah. You walk right in and you say, in Jesus' name, who they just got some attention right there. God goes, what do you want? What do you need? In Jesus' name. We lay our petitions at his feet. And we trust him and we leave them there. We don't grab them back up and go, let me fix it now. No, we'll lay it there. And the Bible says that we need to forgive each other because if we don't forgive each other, he won't forgive us. How many of us all want forgiveness at times? I do. Every day of my life, I need God to forgive me for something. So I want to make sure my heart's right. My mind's right. I'm thinking straight. Because we are one. One in the Spirit. One body. One God. One God. Three persons, but one. But say, so how does that work? Let me give you a real quick illustration. I'm one person. But I've got three different offices in my life. To you, I'm pastor. Okay, to my wife, I'm a husband. To my kids, I'm a father. But I'm one person. One person. Pastor, husband, father. Everybody looks at me different in those relationships. You look at me different because I'm your pastor. My wife looks at me different because I'm her husband. Stop it. <laughs> Trying to preach here. And my kids look at me different because I'm their daddy. And daddies fix things. And daddy gives hugs and kisses and gives them stability and, and peace in their life and hope no matter how old they get. 
That's the way God is with us. He's our Father. He is the Son. He is the Holy Spirit. And in this age of our getting better, He's now focusing on the Holy Spirit in your life. Pentecost. To be Pentecostal means that we live in the Spirit, we move in the Spirit, and we have our being in the Spirit. We get all of our wisdom from the Spirit. The way we make decisions in everyday life, we pray about it and ask God because He has the intellect, right? The Holy Spirit's the intellect of God. He knows what kind of car you should buy, whether you should buy it or not. Anybody ever bought a car without praying about it? I have. Worst thing I ever did. The day I shouted, the day I sold that thing, got got it out of my life, God taught me a lesson. Yeah, you better pray before you make decisions. And then throughout the day, have the Holy Spirit real close before you start saying something. Because the Bible says when these words leave your mouth, they can never be brought back again. So, church today in 2019, be careful what you're putting on Facebook. Everybody sees it. Don't be hating on somebody else. Be careful what you put on YouTube and Instagram and all those things, social media. Be careful. Be careful. Come back and bite you hard. Build each other up. And the Bible says do it even more as the day of His appearing gets closer. And guess what? We are the closest. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.